If you have your Bibles today, I invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 1, I'll be reading verses 10 through 17. And today is Father's Day. So if you're a father or you are like a father, happy Father's Day. Luke chapter 1, verses 10 through 17. And it says, But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And, when, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the in spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This morning, I want to look at one of the responsibilities that John the Baptist is charged with. And it's found there in verse 17 where it says that he would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Now, this statement is something that was called upon by Elijah, and for many of us, we understand that the mantle of Elijah was placed uh, more or less on John the Baptist because he was called to do the same thing. And if ever there was a time that this needed to happen, I believe that it's now. One of the great Christian writers, J.B. Phillips, wrote a book called Your God's Too Small. It's one of my favorite books, and I often quote this part because it really, really makes a whole lot of sense. But one of the things that he says is the, the way that we view God, God the Father, reflects on how we view our own Father. And you know, there's a lot of truth to that. And John the Baptist is, is given this task and, and to understand the role of a father. Now, when we think about the roles of a father, obviously, we, we understand that our own earthly father, in, in that context, my, my father's name was Bob. You know, some of your fathers might have different names, but just because your dad's name is Bob and my dad's name is Bob doesn't mean we got the same dad, right? But they're all men individually. And I feel really in our culture today that men have been so browbeaten and put down so much that being a man is often considered a degenerate in our society that we live in. Men today are paying the price for the failures of men in the past that use their position, their power uh, to get their way. And let me just say, those aren't men. Those are boys in the boys club. And God desires men to be men. He desires them to be godly men. And God lays out his expectations of men, especially men that become fathers. And, and Scripture reveals those expectations that, that teach and discipline men to become better fathers. And so the text there says that John the Baptist has this task to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. So what, is that, what does that look like? What, what kind of fathers need their hearts turned? Well, it's fathers that, that uh, have never put their arm around a child and told them that they love them. 
fathers who have never showed emotions in front of their children. I mean, many children have never seen their own father cry. Fathers who need their hearts turned are, are, are those that may have never taken their children to church or sent them to Sunday school or didn't go with them. Fathers who need their hearts turned are fathers that have walked out on their family. Fathers who have never led their children in prayer or, prayed or even prayed with them. Or fathers who have all the time in the world for everything else in the world but never have time for their family or their children. See, that's who John has been told that his responsibility was to turn those hearts back to God. In the Old Testament, the father commanded a high position in the family. In addition, the Hebrew word translated into English as husband actually means possessor or lord or owner. And because of his position shared to some degree with his wife, a man is expected to be treated as royalty by the rest of the family. Now, don't get any big head about this, fellas. But Jesus makes a distinction when it comes to what a father's role should be in, its, in, in their child's life. He makes the distinction, especially when he prays to his own father in Gethsemane. In Mark chapter 14, verse 36, Jesus says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Abba is the Aramaic word for daddy, and the use of the word entails that there's a close relationship between a child and a father because of persons that don't have a good relationship with their father, just would say father, but in this case, Jesus cries out to the relationship part, the Abba part, and it speaks to the relationship between God and his son, Jesus. You know, if you're ever around my son, Mason, for very long, and I'm around, you'll find that Mason very rarely calls me dad. He's never called me father. Mason either says daddy or dada, because he will always be my baby. But the reason he calls me that is because of the relationship that he and I have. We have a very special relationship. And I know one day I'll just be dad in front of his friends, but I get it. But deep down, I'll always be his daddy. And the fifth commandment, it carries the, this idea of the importance of parents, and it really takes it a step further when it states, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother. The word honor often refers to one's response to God. In other words, this commandment isn't suggesting that the father takes some glorious position or a mother takes some rightful position, uh, but it's actually telling us in order to honor your father, when you honor your father and your mother, it is your response to God that enables you to do so. And that we give praise to God by the way we honor our father and our mother. And it suggests that parents should receive recognition similar to what's given to God. Along with uh, the honor of the position as head of, of the family, the father was expected, though, to assume certain responsibilities. Well, what are the responsibilities does God expect fathers to lead in, especially in a family? Well, the first thing is, is fathers were, uh, were expected to lead around the development of their children's spiritual well-being. God holds the father responsible for the spiritual well-being of the family. 
In the earliest ages, the father functioned as a priest of his family, sacrificing on their behalf. Later, when a priesthood was established in Israel and the layman was no longer functioned at the altar, the father's spiritual role was redefined. He continued to be the religious leader of the home and involved in training of his children in what's known as godly living. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he won't depart from it. The Living Bible puts it this way, Teach a child to choose the right path, and when he's older, he'll remain upon it. See, I still believe that God's Word is applicable, even in our own context, even in our own daily lives. But, excuse me, God's Word, when interpreted correctly, should be what defines us as the people of God. So godliness, uh, when we talk about godliness, we, we begin to get a bigger picture. Some people will say that it's not really attainable, especially in the context that we live in. And godliness in our generation, to be frank, is challenging. Our spiritual well-being hinges on understanding God's word and how it applies to our life. And when we begin to study God's Word, we have to look at God's Word in the context that it's written in. You know, a lot of times, some scripture can get taken out of context for ulterior meetings. Take this one, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 25. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Now, let's read the whole thing. <laughs> Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their husbands in everything. Now, here it comes. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So often we hear, wives, submit to your husbands. Well, so often we'll hear the same that lives, uh, so let the wives be to their husbands in everything. But we don't pick up verse 25 where it says, husbands, love your wives. And that's critical here. Church, we have to stop taking scripture out of context that it's written in, especially when it's done uh, to make an agenda for one's personal gain. And we also need to stop apologizing for what God's Word said and practice our Wesleyan theology by interpreting Scripture for our own life and our own context for today. What Paul is instructing here is that both the husband and the wife have to love one another more than oneself and to work together as one. That's why when Jesus was talking about marriage, Jesus said that two become one flesh when he's talking about marriage. See, a godly husband will love his wife above anything and everyone in the world. He'll give up his personal needs for the sake of honoring God by loving his wife. Just as Jesus loves the church, so much so that he gave up himself for her. If you're a husband or you're a wife, this is a reciprocal teaching. And if you're a husband who has become a father, it's even more important for you to live this out by loving your wife in front of your children. Whether or not she's the mother of your children or not. And I'll even take it a step further. Fathers, our primary function isn't to make sure your child has the latest pair of Jordans. 
It isn't even for you to coach their team or to be at every practice or be their best friend. Our job is to make sure that we're living a godly life before them. And the initial step in doing this is the way that we love and that we treat our wife. What responsibilities does God expect fathers to lead in? Well, obviously, it's a spiritual well-being. But number two, it's their social well-being. In the Old Testament, those who were not protected by a father were truly disadvantaged persons. The two most common categories of these fatherless people were widows and orphans. In the Old Testament, fathers had four specific duties in relationship in his relationship between a father towards his son that are stated in the Jew Jewish writings. The first one was to have the son circumcised. The second one was to teach him Torah or God's word. The third one was for him to for the father to find his son a wife, and the fourth one was to teach him a trade. One other funny tidbit about what a father was supposed to do is he was also supposed to teach his son how to swim. Thought that to be comical, uh, especially when we know that they spent so much time in the desert, right? Fathers are were, were also responsible for securing an honorable marriage for his daughter and keeping her reputation secure and pure by any means, and also securing her a trade as a means to enhance her ability to work within a specific trade. See, fathers, you have a responsibility to see that no one takes advantage of any family member. No one has the right to discriminate, to ridicule, bully, or hurt your child or spouse without you responding. Now, there are some healthy ways to deal with it, and there are unhealthy ways to deal with it. But I'm not mincing words here. It's imperative that you hear me on this. Fathers, you have to take a stand for your family. Fathers, you should have every password that your child has for their social media. You should have every password for their email and even their gaming accounts. You need to know what, what sites your child visits. You need to know who and how old the people are that they're talking to. I'm preaching to somebody here, okay? There are mean people in chat rooms. There are mean people on Facebook. There are mean people that say selfish things that are hurtful to your kids and, yes, even your spouse. And, fathers, it's up to you to say that's enough. Fathers, it's your responsibility to protect your wife and your children by the way you demonstrate your love. Love on your wife in front of your children. In fact, show your daughter how a man is supposed to treat a woman by how you treat your wife. Fathers, love on your daughters, because if you don't, some whippersnapper out there will show her some affection that you aren't, and his affection will have motives that your love doesn't. Even if that daughter isn't your biological one, God granted you the opportunity to lead in the household where that daughter is, and you have the same responsibility if she had come from you. Your child's self-esteem is hinged upon how you demonstrate your child's self-worth in your home. Your spouse is just as important in this equation. How you talk to your spouse, how you treat your spouse, equates what your child believes that defines their own personal value. 
Well, what other responsibilities does God expect for fathers to lead, uh, to lead in? We've talked about a, a spiritual well-being. We've talked about a social well-being. And lastly, I want to talk about the economical well-being. Church, the father in Judaic teaching was to provide the, for the needs of various members in his family. From time to time, however, a lazy person failed to provide because, and because of that, Scripture had instruction towards that mind, mindset. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11, the New Living Bible says, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy fellow. Learn from their ways and be wise. For though they have no king to make them work, and yet they labor hard all summer long, <coughs> gathering food for the winter, but you, all you do is sleep. When will you wake up? Uh, let me sleep a little longer. Sure, just a little more. And as you sleep, poverty creeps in on you like a robber and destroys you and wants to attack you in full armor. Listen to how the Apostle Paul deals with it. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. He says, But anyone who won't care for his own relatives when they need help, especially those living within his own family, has no right to say he's a Christian. Such a person is worse than a heathen. Can I share something with you that, that, that I learned as a father? I know children are, are resilient, but I learned something. My child can function without gaming devices. Xbox, Nintendo Switch, and PS4 has ended in our house. If you don't believe me, you can go to my house and see for yourself. It has been the best thing that could have ever happened to my bank account. Trust me, your child will not die from being without Fortnite. I have found this to be true. And guess what? I've learned that there is no everybody else that's buying that. I can't find the everybody else. And they don't exist, okay? You know, a couple weeks ago, I, I was at Walmart and... I saw a little boy and he was crying at the self-checkout because his debit card wouldn't work. This little fella had brought all kinds of toys up to the front, he even had his own cart. And, and come to find out, the cart that he was using was his dad's outdated one that his father had given him. I mean, this boy had all this stuff and he was convinced that since he had a debit card that he could buy anything. He was in tears, screaming and crying because off to the side, his dad was standing there laughing at him. Let me be frank, that ticked me off. You know why? Because his father had never taught him about money. Church, we have what I call an Xbox generation that is on the rise in our country today. This generation of young people are very vulnerable to the misconception that is tied to the value of money. A generation that doesn't make the connection between working for an income and an income for a job that they, that they have to do. And, and they don't make the connection that there is responsibility that comes with money. We've got to be very diligent in teaching our children about money. Because let me say this, if you don't teach your children about money today as they grow up, you are going to pay for it in the future. 
we begin to understand that there is uh, the connection of responsibility. I mean, when we look at responsibility, what do we find that youth today are responsible for? The recent study was done by Engage Sports with regards, it was a participation study on students between the ages of 6 and 17 years old that were involved in organized sports. And let me share a few of the trends. There was a 32.4% decrease in students playing football. There was a 43.7% decrease in ice hockey. Wrestling dropped uh, to 41.9%, and fast pitch softball, girls softball, dropped 19.6%. Do you want to know the cause of this trend? We see less and less kids out playing. Uh, for our high school football team and less and less that are out for track and even soccer today. And the reason that we see this drop in, um, in participation in, in sports is because of gaming and devices to play online. You know, Xbox One is the cheapest gaming console in the U.S. for a reason. It's because games no longer come out in a cartridge like they did with my uh, Sega or my Nintendo. 70% of Xbox games are purchased through an online or internet connection. So why is that so important? Well, who do you think is paying for it? I'll tell you, I had to learn this the hard way. I've been guilty of letting Xbox and PS3 and Nintendo Switch babysit my child. I mean, let's be frank, it's really easy to do, even as a father, to attempt to pacify our kids with a gaming device. And it's just as easy for us to load our debit card in the information and make a purchase. But let me speak from experience. Once you load your personal financial information into a gaming device, regardless if you erase it out after making a purchase, guess what? That device still retains that information, and it creates a huge, did I say huge? A huge temptation for your child to make purchases without your knowledge, and only then does it get your attention, when in reality, your child is trying to get your attention to be focused on them. Gaming has become this nation's source for free babysitting as well as creating this Xbox generation mentality when it comes to the use of money. The sad part is, is and parents, we, we've let them do so. Fathers need to be fathers and mothers need to be mothers, not trying to be their best friend. Because when life hits them in the face, and it will... If you haven't poured life lessons about economical values into your children, guess what? They'll be living off you till they're 40 and sleeping on your couch or in your basement. And this same generation will also decide what nursing home that you're going to go in. Fathers have the responsibility to teach discipline to their children. Now, I'm not talking about scolding or spanking or grounding your kids. I'm talking about fathers teaching the value of a dollar and work ethics. When we begin to understand that currency is not just about a monetary value, but the investment of currency that we can pour into our children's lives, we can save them a lot of money and a lot of pain in the future. Fathers, we have a grave responsibility to teach economics to our kids. Because if you don't, 
you'll pay for it. And you'll set them up the rest of their life to pay for it every time they go to purchase something because you're the one that's going to have to co-sign for everything. My granddaddy had this in his Bible from 1982, and I just want to close with this poem. It says, Father's Day is a special day when we remember Dad, but God was the only father that Jesus ever had. And when he was a little boy, he loved his father so that he desired to please him wherever he would go. So this Father's Day, like Jesus, honor Dad in all you do and reflect the love of Jesus for the Heavenly Father too. I close with that just to remind us to be Christ followers, to be effective witnesses for Christ. It's dependent on what we do with our family and how we portray the love of Christ to our kids, to our spouse, and even those that are in our extended families. Let's go and be the church.